0: Hey, you guys, I am just smiling ear to ear because I just finished a wonderful conversation with Dr. Tanda Cook. She is a naturopathic physician, a farmer, an author of a cookbook, a teacher of all things, food, nutrition, sustainable farming and natural medicine. And I think that what you'll find as you listen to this is that she has a special talent to break down complex medical issues and ideas into more easily understood terms. And she is also just so gifted at shining a light on how carefree a holistically healthy lifestyle can truly be. I've learned so much just from watching her YouTube videos and watching her weekly Tuesday tip on Instagram. But she also offers an in-depth course online as well. And I know you might be thinking, you know, what does this have to do with leadership? It has everything to do with leadership, right? So the mission behind the Best You Can Be podcast is to inspire confidence through leadership and wellness. And I think as you listen, it'll become clear to you that the two go hand in hand. Leadership and wellness are so intertwined. And I can just speak from personal experience, implementing a lot of the things that Dr. Tanda talks to us about today have made me feel better on the inside, but then what overflows out of that is more confidence, much more energy, bigger dreams, and a radically different perception of the person looking back at me in the mirror. So if you're not driving, I definitely encourage a pen and paper with this episode. And I've tried my best to put everything in the show notes as well. You can do that through becoming a part of this community on Instagram, my website, bestyoucanbe.com, or by subscribing and leaving helpful comments. Well, hello, Dr. Cook. How are you? Thank you so much for joining me today. I am super excited about this. Good morning. Me too. Well, you guys, I just have to say that I am so excited to have Dr. Tanda Cook with us here today. Of course, I already introduced her to you, but I'm hoping that you can get a a better idea of everything she has to offer as we answer these questions. But I do want to just ask you right off the bat, Dr. Cook, I know that you have such a phenomenal story with food and with nutrition, and you have such a wide, wide range of things that you cover, right? So you're, you're a naturopathic doctor, you're a farmer, an author, a chef, you love food. I feel like there's pretty much nothing that you don't do at this point, and, (laughs) um, and I feel like you're in such an incredible spot to be able to share your experience and your knowledge with others. But I, I understand that's not always been the case, right?
1: Correct. Yeah. So, you know, I, I grew up in Vermont and, you know, my dad's a chef and just had a kind of a normal kiddo upbringing. And then at around age 17, I developed an eating disorder. And so I watched my relationship with food go from you know, normal to very abnormal and tumultuous and torturous. And so then 17 through about 25, I really battled deeply with uh, bulimia. And so then after I graduated from college, um, I got my pre-med degree from Skidmore in upstate New York. I graduated and I thought, well, if I just travel, then my eating disorder will go away, right? If I change the circumstances, my inside will shift. And, mm-hmm. you know, as I know now, that's not the case. That's not what happens. You have to do the internal work so that the external shift. But I just thought if I traveled, then I, my eating disorder would, you know, I could like leave it in Europe or something. So I was in South Africa, in Cape Town specifically, and I woke up one morning and I realized that over the three months of traveling in South Africa, I surrounded myself. Along, you know, gathered things along the way, specifically books, magazines, handouts, pamphlets about food and nutrition. So it dawned on me. The very thing that I was, you know, was, was my nemesis was the thing that I was most interested in. And, you know, the challenging thing about food and having a, a challenged relationship with it is, you know, it's not like drugs or alcohol where you can give it up. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of sustain from it and then strike a balance in your life. It's like you have to find a balance because we're not plants. We don't photosynthesize. (laughs) We have to consume things from the outside world. And I really became fascinated with food as information. And so I came back to the United States and, and was introduced to naturopathic medicine. I'd never heard of it. And I read the tenets. One of the tenets was use nature as cure and following nature's laws. And then Dr. Mean's teacher. And, you know, I now 11 years into practice, take that very seriously. And that's sort of what I'm known for now is how to teach on health and nutrition. But naturopathic medicine had about 96 hours worth of nutritional training. And I signed on the dotted line when I read that. So when people ask me, well, why did I go to naturopathic medical school? I think they expect an answer of like, you know, I was raised with plants and animals and, you know, hippy-dippy parents. And, you know, I, I, I always had an interest in medicine and it just wasn't the case. It was like, my disease took me there. My dis ease took me there. So, since then, I have fallen in love with food and cooking. And I'm an artist at heart. I mean, that's all of my, my life expression is through art. And the palette for me now is food. So, now creating a life surrounded by health is what I teach you know, like you said, it's just while people look at my life, I think now from the outside looking in, they see a lot of balance and beauty and food. Like you said, it just wasn't, it hasn't always been like that.
0: That's so cool. I mean, I feel like a story like that can only help you relate to people in a totally unique way. Mm -hmm. And I have to say you definitely do a good job with the teaching aspect because I've been watching your Tuesday tip videos since before I can even remember. I don't know how long you've been doing them, but that's probably (laughs) how long I've been watching them. Very, very cool. Well, you just shared a kind of a snapshot of this with us, but for those of us who don't really know the ins and outs, do you think you could break down what it means to be a naturopathic doctor specifically? And then also just, you know, tell us a little bit about your farm and and what you raise.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So naturopaths are, there are a few accredited colleges in the United States and Canada. It's a four-year medical degree. You can do it in five or six if you also want to do dual Chinese medicine. Um, I just chose the four-year naturopathic path we're trained as general care practitioners, just like your primary care up at up regular hospital, right? So we're trained as general care practitioners, but instead of becoming experts in pharmaceutical drugs, you know, surgery, and sort of more of the conventional thought processes, where we become experts in alternative therapies, like nutrition, like I said, we have extensive training on nutrition and food, herbal medicine and water therapy, uh, homeopathy, counseling, minor surgery, you can do OBGYN and deliver babies, which is definitely not my my jam, but it's a lot of, like I said, that some of the tenants is going back to the basics of human health. I mean, truly, it's, you know, what were we doing before disease really started to show up? Chronic disease, that is, you know, we've always had disease, but, you know, these chronic conditions, what were we doing? What were our ancestors doing? And to really taking people back to the basics, like I said, doctor's teacher, following nature's laws, and getting to the root cause of disease, okay? Mm-hmm. Like a, a headache isn't an Advil deficiency, right? Like why are people having chronic headaches? Why mm-hmm. do people have eczema? Why, you know, that's not a cortisone deficiency, you know, that can help that can palliate, but that's not getting to the root cause of disease. So we really dig. I really, I view naturopaths more as detectives. You know, we do have palliative care, but at the same time, we're really digging down to why. Why is this person's body expressing eczema? Why is this person's body expressing cancer? Why mm-hmm. is this person's body expressing anxiety and depression? So we're so multifactorial. I think you know, that's one thing that I, I really counsel my patients on and I should do a Tuesday tip on this. Us, I think um, uh, Westerners are very conditioned to have like an A plus B equals C, right? Like mm-hmm. if I eat the acai berry and move my body. So acai plus exercise equals never getting cancer. Yeah, that's just not how we work. I mean, we're so multifactorial and people say, oh, you know, I removed gluten from my diet and I still have headaches. Well, or, you know, I removed gluten from my diet and it went, my headaches went away for a while, but then they came back. Well, there's clearly another piece of the puzzle, right? That there's multiple pieces of the puzzle. It's almost never You know the A plus B equals C. We are such complex beings, so that's why being a naturopath is so fun and but also so challenging because we do take everything into account. And then for me, you know, I found my remedy. My how do I add health to my life every day? Well, I if you cut me open, farmer falls out, right? I I (laughs) said I was an artist, and I am, but I truly, I we are a microcosm of the macrocosm, so our bodies are so similar to mother earth and so i chose to buy a 40 acre farm down in tennessee and and to use what i know about nature and use what i know about adding health to my body to the earth too if you guys um have you seen kiss the ground it's a documentary
0: no i, I would ha-
1: highly re- highly recommend it um it kiss that's what i do it's regenerative farming kiss the ground yep
0: awesome
1: um Yeah. And it's all about regenerative farming, um, but it'll give you guys, the audience, a really good idea of what I do and how I farm. And so I have a 40-acre farm. I raise plants and animals. I have a, I don't know the dimensions of my garden, but it's large. And then I raise cattle for meat. I raise chickens, both for meat and eggs. I call them the layers and the slayers. Mm -hmm. Then I raise sheep, lamb for meat. And then I have ducks and guinea hens and four horses and a donkey and several dogs and three cats. And I will get pigs this summer. So it's really a whole ecosystem is what I've created. If you look in a forest, there's no one species of tree, right? So when you drive by these corn fields and potato fields and soybean fields, that's not normal. It's going against nature. Right. So, yeah. So again, like watching that documentary, Kiss the Ground, is it will give you guys a really good idea of what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think that's very cool. And I think it's really helpful to think about a naturopathic doctor as a detective too, just with, mm-hmm. with everything that goes into the complicated but incredible human body system. Um, right. Kind of going back a little bit to your Tuesday tips. So one of my favorite mm-hmm. Tuesday tips that you have given, and I think you've, you've done more than one about this because it seems to be a hot topic, is about stress. Mm-hmm. I know that particularly for young people. I mean, I feel like I am, I'm 24. I feel like I am just now getting mm-hmm. a handle on how to control and balance my stress levels. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you could just talk to us a little bit about how you recommend controlling stress. You know, I've, I've listened to you talk about how we sleep and, you know, blood sugar regulation and things like that, but how can we control
1: stress? Oh, that's a great question. So I never tell my patients to de-stress their life because that sounds really stressful. Mm-hmm. The other thing is we've demonized stress and uh, I'm sure you saw the Tuesday tip where I talked about the biodomes, which are those big domes that they, they, that science, (laughs) that science will build ecosystems in to study ecosystems in a controlled environment. Now, the problem is that what they were noticing is that these, the trees that were growing in these biodomes, which is a, you know, a big covered area, basically would get to a certain height and then fall over. And they were like, well, they don't fall over in nature when they reach this height. So why are they falling over? And they discovered because in the biodome, there was no wind. So the trees had no external stress to grow deeper roots. I don't like to say stress is bad or you have to de-stress your life or you have to control stress. That's not the point. Because we can't put ourselves in a bubble. And stress can actually benefit our lives. We, we, We would die if we didn't have the stress response. The problem that is happening is that we are bombarded daily with stressors and not equipped to build the internal resilience to that stress. And the other thing that I've noticed is that people don't acknowledge how much stress they're under, right? Like eating certain foods is a stress on your body. You don't think about that, right? Like eating a donut is very stressful for your body. It causes inflammation. It triggers the inflammatory process. It Spikes blood sugar. It stresses out your insulin levels, right? So we have internal stressors like our digestive tract is con- chronically stressed out based on what foods we're eating, or is not chronically stressed out based on what foods we're eating. Mm-hmm. So there's the internal stressors of what what stress our gastrointestinal system is under. There's the internal stress of what our how much our immune system is uh, is under stress based on the amount of inflammation that we have there's the internal stressors of blood sugar dysregulation like you said um you know like spiking blood sugar skipping meals over exercising and not replenishing you know really messing with your blood sugar balance and then sleep dysregulation is one of the biggest internal stressors and again you guys being in sort of the college post-college era where you know there's a lot of all-nighters pulled and weekends being you know up late and you know sleeping in and then during the the School week, you know, you have to get up early. And so you're messing with your circadian rhythm. That's incredibly stressful on the body. So it's first acknowledging, you know, and then there's the external stressors of like, you know, pollution and toxic makeup and, you know, food and getting a sunburn. And, you know, all of those are external toxins. And then the emotional stress. So we, if you kind of think about it, we're bombarded from all of these areas with stress. Now, again, I never, ever tell my patients to de-stress their life. What I do is tell them what to do to build your internal resistance, your resilience to stress, like those trees and wind. Grow deeper roots. So how do you grow deeper roots? You ideally honor blood sugar, right? So eat Uh, there's not one diet for everybody. So I'm not going to say eat three meals a day. It's like eat honoring your blood sugar, right? Pay attention to that. Eat protein for breakfast, eat fat for breakfast, like eggs, bacon, and butter and veggies. As long as there's protein and fat at every meal, I'm a happy camper with my patients, whether that's a protein shake with avocado or eggs and bacon and butter and veggies for breakfast. And then, you know, lunch is a couple hard-boiled eggs and a salad and you know, a good creamy dressing that's full of fat. You know, the thing with protein and fat is that it really helps balance the blood sugar. So I'm a big stickler on that. There's essential amino acids and essential fatty acids, right? Essential protein and fat that we need because we're not plants. We don't photosynthesize, but there's no essential carbohydrate acids, right? So we, as a society, we eat too many carbohydrates in my opinion. So it's just being mindful of how many carbs you're eating because that can also mess with your blood sugar. So eating protein and fat at every meal in some form or fashion will help. Sleeping in the dark, ideally seven and a half to nine and a half hours a night. And as many hours before midnight as possible, because that's when a lot of the, your growth hormone and repair and restore hormones come out. So, you know, ideally kind of a 10 to six or, you know, I'm a nine to fiver. Like I go to bed at nine o'clock and wake up at five you know, kind of whatever is realistic for your schedule, but kind of sticking to a schedule as best you can just to help with that circadian rhythm balance, moving your body every day, whether that's just going for a walk with your friends outside for 20 minutes, like absolutely move your body, deep breathing and meditation is number one. I mean, I can't stress meditation enough. Like the cool thing about meditation is it just, it becomes a tool that you have, you can lean on And I use the Calm app, and I'm not telling you guys you need to meditate for three hours a day. That's just not realistic, especially to start. I'm literally saying start with two minutes a day. Get the Calm app or the Breathe app. Um, There's Headspace. There's a bunch of different meditation apps. Find one that you like and lean on it. I mean, just do it every day, like brushing your teeth for two minutes. And then the two minutes will turn into five minutes, and the five minutes will turn into 10 minutes, and the 10 minutes will turn into 30 minutes, and then you'll just stick to it. And then when you have a panic attack or you're freaking out about something, you remember to meditate and to breathe. It it becomes innate. Now, that takes time and it takes dedication, but it is one of the coolest tools to deal with stress, for sure. So those are some, some of my favorites.
0: Hey, you guys, I'm just going to quickly hit the pause button on this to one, make sure that you're paying attention because Dr. Cook is sharing way too much good information with us not to. And two, to just say thank you to everybody who has left a star rating and a comment review for the podcast, it truly makes such a significant impact on expanding our ability to reach more young women and encourage them in their confidence, their leadership, their personal journeys. So it truly means the world to me, each and every review I love it. And I'm so thankful. And if you haven't gotten the chance to do that yet, this is just your friendly reminder that it is something that I would be so grateful from the very bottom of my heart. That is not an understatement. And let's keep going. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like it sounds like these are just good habits that we can develop now to sort of better prepare Mm -hmm. for future stress. So that's why I, I really took away from that, you know, even the simple things like cutting out your toxic makeup, mm-hmm. paying attention to a steadier sleep schedule, mm-hmm. meditation and exercise, like you just, you just mentioned, but on the topic of blood sugar regulation, this is a pretty, this is a pretty simple question, but I feel like, you know, for college and in young adults, especially you're, you're still sort of getting used to that on the go lifestyle. And I feel like some mm-hmm. people can go through all four years of, of college and still not take the time really to sit down and be like, all right, <clears throat> what is a good breakfast? And you just gave a really great example. Mm-hmm but if you're making a protein shake, kind Mm -hmm. of thinking about the person, you know, in their dorm room, they don't have a lot to work with. What makes a good protein shake? What are the building blocks of a good blood sugar balancing protein shake?
1: I love this. Okay. So I would say find a protein shake that doesn't contain any soy or dairy. So there are some like, uh, ancient nutrition, Dr. Josh Axe has some good Products, vital proteins have some good products. There's some good MLMs out there, uh, multi-level marketing, like you know, Arvon and those were some of my favorites. Bone broth proteins, sort of so find one that that resonates with you, then adding collagen, a collagen support for sure is a must. I was actually just reading an article by Chris Cresser. K-R-E-S-S-E-R, Cresser. He's an acupuncturist. Um, also Dr. Josh Axe, who's a chiropractor. You guys should follow them. Chris was just saying that one of the overlooked nutrients uh, that we're all missing or deficient on is collagen. Think of collagen as like the scaffolding of the body. It builds, it's like it's, it's highly structured for our skin, for our ligaments, for our gastrointestinal lining, for our overall health, collagen's a big one. So finding a good collagen supplement as well. So a good protein powder that resonates with you, uh, a collagen, and then if you guys have like the you know a mini fridge and you can do you know coconut milk or almond milk, I would suggest that. Otherwise, you know water, just because it's <laughs> in your dorm room, and then you know getting a little magic bullet or something, a little like handheld blender. And they're like, I don't know, 40 bucks at Target. And then fats, you can add avocados, you can add nut butters, like peanut butter, almond butter, cashew butter, add seeds like pumpkin seeds or sunflower seeds for a good fat source. And then, you know, again, if you have a little mini fridge, get a box of spinach, so you get your greens in, or you can even add coconut cream for a good fat source. I mean, there's all sorts of ways. And even if you Google great shake recipes, you know, high fat. Again, it's like, I know fat gets such a bad rap, you know, and I grew up in the eighties and nineties where you know, I was a teenager when it was like fat free was the thing. And so mm-hmm. fat gets a really bad rap. Fat does not make you fat. Sugar makes you fat. If you guys are interested in this Google the Robert Lustig and it's uh, sugar, the bitter truth. And it's a one hour YouTube video on just how sugar is not your friend. Um, so it's really setting your blood sugar up to win with a protein shake with like I said, the protein, the collagen, and the fat source. And it's some combination of, and you guys just kept to play around with, you know, flavors that you like and brands that you like, but Ancient Nutrition, Arbonne, and Vital Proteins are some of my favorites. I don't know if that's helpful, but that's what I would do.
0: Oh, absolutely helpful. Good quality protein, good quality fat. And then, you know, hopefully that kind of sets you up for a day of success and, and being able to mm-hmm. sort of take the stress bullets as they as they come, that was very helpful. A lot of what we talk about on this podcast is, you know, having the inner boldness and confidence Uh to Uh step forward and do those otherwise scary things. Right. So like Uh Uh challenging yourself to take that commitment on to do that public speaking thing. Right. Even though it's Uh going to like scare the heebie-jeebies out of you, you can still do it and then grow from it. And I feel like this is actually kind of similar. You know, you just sort of set yourself up, you just do it and then you can, you can grow from it. But being able to Mm -hmm. have the tools in the toolbox to take care of everything you can control so that when the stressful situations do come, when it's finals week, then finals week is the stressor or that new job is the stressor and not the new job plus the food plus the lack of sleep. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm because I just feel like at that
1: point, you're just getting crushed. The one thing... The things, focus on the things that you can control. And I don't like using that word because it gets a bad rap, but Mm. you can, you have 100% choice around what you're putting in your mouth, your sleep patterns, how you move, how you breathe, and how you react to something.
0: Mm.
1: You can't necessarily change or control the external, you know, the finals week, the new job and whatever stress comes with that, you know, the bossy boss that you don't really like, you can control how you react to all of that. And that's some of the the biggest things instead of worrying about shifting the external and complaining and wanting to change the external focus on the internal focus on what you can, what you have 100% control over and 100% choice, which is our thoughts what we're putting on our mouth, and how we move our body and how we sleep.
0: Do you think that working on developing better response habits to the stress that we encounter kind of can over time build up our capacity to handle more stress in a a way that we will grow from Mm -hmm. it instead of be stressed out by it?
1: Correct. So that is such an awesome, awesome question and an awesome observation. And this is what I coach my patients on, right? So it's, my patients are with me for years. And the cool thing for me as a physician and a coach is to watch them build resilience. They're not even really noticing that they are because it's so slow, right? I'm asking people to move, move their body, eat good food, sleep in the dark, deep breathe, laugh, play, meditate, and then get really in touch with their emotions because you're not your emotions, right? You are not sad. You're experiencing sadness. So having really, really healthy relationships with emotions because they're going to show up, right? Anxiety, sadness, joy, happiness, depression, all of those things will show up because you're a human. You're going to, that's part of the human experience. So then what happens over years or even months of working with me or, or my coaching is giving people the tools to build that internal resilience. So, so say Susie Q is working with me and she she says, oh, you know, my finances are, are giving me such bad anxiety. And so we start working on her anxiety and we start working on her relationship with finances and we start working on her health and her gut health and her food choices and her sleep patterns and blah, 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 blah. Fast forward a year and say something happens with her finances that's devastating and she doesn't experience anxiety anymore. She has a completely different relationship with it because she knows she has control over how she experiences that incident. You know, say somebody stole her credit card and charged $3,000 at Costco. In the past, Suzy Q, that would have sent her into a, like a complete panic attack, right? But now, fast forward a year, based on all the simple things that she's been doing, sticking to, sleeping, eating, breathing, meditating, playing, doing homeopathy, doing water therapy, all the things that I'm suggesting to add health it builds that internal resistance so that when the stress happens, it doesn't knock her socks off. That's exactly right. The more you take care of yourself and the more you honor yourself, the external stressors aren't such a big deal. And your relationship with your world becomes much calmer. And it's not about numbing out by any, this isn't about like Zen being like this, like walking Zen. This is like, you're still a human and you're having your human experience and you're reacting to things, but you'll start to notice that you're less reactive. Mm -hmm. And that you'll have each one of you will have your measuring stick of life. Mine is my eating disorder. Mine is my anxiety. If I start experiencing anxiety, then I know something in my life is out of balance. I don't sit and wallow in the anxiety. I get really curious about what's going on in my life. Mm -hmm. So when you experience stress or the stress response, get really curious about what's out of balance. What do you need to do to bring yourself back in? whether that's going for a walk, deep breathing, meditating, talking to a friend, going to church, whatever works for you. when The more you do that, the more you get in touch with how you build your internal resistance and how you help your, your mind and your body deal with these stressful circumstances, the less stressful they'll feel because stress is always going to happen. You know, where I, I like I said, I I didn't go to sorcery school. I can't put you all in a bubble. I wish I could, but <laughs> but like those trees, you wouldn't grow roots if I did right. that. So this is about building resilience.
0: That's that's really really well put. But I particularly liked managing how we take in things from our experiences, remembering mm-hmm. that you are not sad, you are experiencing mm-hmm. sadness, and kind of just making mm-hmm. that. That conscious disconnect, but also just taking the time, which I feel like is not that much time to actually Mm -hmm. look, you know, like you were saying, if you're experiencing anxiety, okay, what, what is it? What is out of balance? That little bit of quiet reflection time can end up being some of the most productive, well spent time because it's, it's going to save you so much in the long run, I think. But oftentimes we're a little bit, myself included, resistant to stopping ourselves in our tracks first. Switching gears a little bit away from stress, but still all kind of interconnected. Something else that I just love that you have taught so much on is the connection between our gut health and our brain and our emotions Mm -hmm. and our mood and and all those things. And I was wondering if you could just explain that to us and also just tell us what we can do to better support our
1: gut health. Mm Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite topics. And before I jump into that, I want to give you guys a couple of resources. If you're interested in or I'm gonna change that word, if you're committed to really diving deeper into how you can shift your emotional state, think like a monk. Have you read that by Jay Shetty? No, but I'm I'm writing it down right okay. now. Okay. Think like a monk. Okay, so think like a monk, Jay Shetty. And then the five second rule by Mel Robbins. That'll help. Those those two humans are extraordinary. And follow them on Instagram. Um, Okay, so gut health. So from your mouth to your anus, we are lined with bacteria. And every mucous membrane in our body is lined with bacteria. And we're discovering, we discovered that there are more bacteria in us and on us than there are cells in our body. We are something like, I can't remember, Mark Hyman said it, and I'm gonna, these statistics are wrong, but he essentially said we're like 94% bacteria and 6% human. If our bacteria are balanced and healthy, we are balanced and healthy. If our bacteria are unbalanced and unhealthy, we are unbalanced and unhealthy, okay? It really is that simple. Now, it's not necessarily easy to correct that, but it really <laughs> boils down to that, that simplicity. Our gut, so from your mouth to your anus, is lined with trillions of bacteria, and they all have different jobs. So if you think about the population of your gut, like the population of a, of a city, let's pick on Los Angeles. So if you think of LA, there are all different kinds of humans that make up that city to function optimally, right? There's construction workers, and there's lawyers, and there's doctors, and there's hairdressers, and there's all these different humans that make up Los Angeles. If that, if that city was only you know, lawyers and doctors, it wouldn't be a very healthy city, mm-hmm. okay? Your gut is the same. So there's all these different strands of bacteria, all these different species of bacteria. They all have different jobs. And what we're finding is our gut affects every other system. Our gut affects our brain. Our gut affects our skin. Our gut affects our immune system. Our gut affects our cardiovascular system. Our gut affects our hormone system. Our gut affects everything. And the gut brain connection is extraordinary. If you're interested in learning more about this and like geeking out on the science, if you Google microbiome gut brain access, with NCBI. N as in Nancy, C as in cat, B as in boy, I as in indigo, NCBI. And you can Google studies on the microbiome and the gut, how the gut affects the brain. Um, long and the short of it is something like 90% or 80% of our serotonin levels and 50% of dopamine is made in our gastrointestinal system. Both of those hormones affect our mood big time. Both of those hormones also affect or neurotransmitters, excuse me, also affect the impact of you know ADD and ADHD, anxiety and depression. So having a healthy gut means having a healthy mind. Gut health in general—I mean, if you guys Google gut health, you're going to get a trillion hits on it. So what do you do? How is our gut gotten so out of balance? Well, it's you know eating the standard American diet, which is abbreviated the sad diet, which is wickedly appropriate, and it's <laughs> lots of processed food, which just simply doesn't work. The other problem is that we spray most of our crops with glyphosate, Roundup. Glyphosate will break down that, that gastrointestinal wall, triggering leaky gut, which then stresses out the immune system, which then causes food sensitivities, which then leads to all sorts of mood alterations and brain fog and ADD, ADHD, anxiety, depression. Healing our gut or doing things every single day to set our gut up to win is essential for our mood is essential for brain health. Mm-hmm. So then what do you do? What are the things that the gut loves? Collagen, <laughs> put it in your shakes. Mm-hmm. that helps build, rebuild that gastrointestinal lining. Bone broth, you can get Kettle and Fire. You can find that at you know, Whole Foods or I think, I don't even know if Costco sells it now, but you can get it online, Amazon or Thrive Market. Bone broth is something that you guys need to be drinking every single day, like soup or like mm-hmm. tea or make things with it like soup, i mean you can make rice with it. At least 1 cup of bone broth every single day. Fermented foods like probiotic foods like kefir, kimchi, kombucha, sauerkraut, you know, homemade pickles, that those kinds of things. Any fermented foods help repopulate that bacteria. We have to be taking probiotics. And i mean this is a i'm going to have to on all of you that probiotics and fermented foods together is just a, an absolute must. Something like 60 or some 60 to 70% of our, of our stool is sloughed up bacteria. So we have to be replenishing that bacteria because those bacteria do jobs for us, right? They make neurotransmitters that feed the brain. They make vitamins for us. They help us break down food. They play a key role in our immune system. So we have to be replenishing them every single day. So some form of probiotics and fermented foods. And then sticking to a whole foods diet. I mean, I, I can't stress this enough. Like there is no Lucky Charms tree. Lucky Charms is not food. Cereal is not food. You know, really those the foods that come out of a package does not help your gut heal, period. And if you want to do one, I mean, and it may be a lot for some of you guys to switch to a whole foods diet. That's why I love protein shakes for you guys is, is for most humans switching to more of a whole foods plant not necessarily plant-based omnivore uh, diet is very helpful because protein shakes are kind of a, a quick thing, but you can pack nutrient-dense food in there. You can put avocados in there. You can put spinach and kale in there. You can put seasonal berries in there. You can put coconut cream in there. You can put nut butters in there, you know, whole foods you can, you can hide in a protein shake. So, um, but really focusing on a whole foods diet. Those are some of the biggest things. So collagen, bone broth, probiotics, fermented foods and a whole foods diet, you would set yourself up to win.
0: That's awesome. And for everybody listening, by the way, if you're getting overwhelmed by this, then don't worry. I am (laughs) taking notes for all of us. And I'm mm-hmm. going to have all of this in the show notes description. And and also, I'm just going to take this second to really encourage you to, to follow Dr. Tanda on Instagram because following her is is the vast majority of the reason why what she's saying to me right now and to all of us right now is not overwhelming for me because she does do such an excellent job of just breaking things down kind of step by step. But of course, we we only get to have her for a little bit. So I'm trying to just squeeze squeeze everything <laughs> out of this that I can.
1: Yeah, I might feel like you're drinking out of a fire hose, but... I promise you, if you break things down, it's not, not that difficult.
0: Absolutely. Well, that was a lot. That was all really great. Is there anything else that, you know, maybe just looking at the mood piece that we as young women could specifically do to just balance and improve our moods every day? Or is that, you know, is that pretty much it? That little bullet point list of collagen, bone broth, fermented foods, probiotics?
1: Yes, there is. The key to health is play. I am giving you all permission to play in your life, laugh, do things that you love and listen to your heart. And your biggest compass is between your throat and your belly button that you'll feel when something's right. You'll feel when something is like a hell yes. And you'll feel when something is a hell no, and don't do anything in your life unless it's a hell yes. And I am a hundred percent giving you, oh, I'm going to get emotional, giving you guys permission to do that because the world will be a better place when you are listening to your heart, your gut, what God put on your heart, what the universe, what source is telling you to do. You were born with dreams Mm -hmm. and the world society, we pulls us away. We get so distracted and so outside of ourselves because of shooting on ourselves or pressures from society or pressures from family or pressures from friends that pulls us out of alignment, away from those dreams. And then we see these people, these other people doing the things that we always wanted to do, but you block yourself from doing that because of telling yourself you can't. And if you play every day, do things that you love, surround yourself with the five people that make you a better person, that make you feel good about your life, yourself, your thoughts, And if you experience jealousy from of somebody else, that is a key on what your your dreams are yelling at you. If you if you experience jealousy, like if I see somebody hiking the Appalachian Trail, I don't get jealous. That's like torture to me, right? I don't I don't that 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 might be somebody else be like, oh, I'm so jealous that you did that. I hear that I'm like, that sounds awful. (laughs) That's not in me as a dream. When I see somebody as a New York Times bestseller that's in me for a dream because I'm like, I want that. I want to be there too. Yeah. So listen to who you're jealous of, what you're jealous of, because that's God telling you you're, that's a dream inside you. And I am giving you permission to follow that because that, yeah. Healing your gut, sleeping in the dark, playing, you know, moving your body every day, deep breathing, meditating, all of that stuff is, is important. But the biggest thing that I want to leave you with is permission to play, permission to dream, and permission to follow them. You have to, because a life led without following dreams is that is disease. That is where disease comes from, in my opinion, is when people are out of alignment and not listening to what they love to do.
0: I had one more question for you, Tanda. I'm pretty Go. sure you just answered it. Um, <laughs> I was I was going to ask you where you see wellness playing into mm-hmm. leadership. And I, I mean, I think you just answered it because if you if you aren't well yeah. on the inside and if you aren't taking that more carefree and taking time out of your day, being intentional about just playing and, and enjoying the life that you have already, then I, I don't think that you're going to be able to go for those dreams, especially if you're not listening to them. But I mean, do you have anything to add to that as far as where you see wellness specifically playing into leadership?
1: Yeah, I mean, if belief has a sound. Anger has a sound, vulnerability has a sound, being intentional has a sound, being in alignment has a sound, right? You've been in a room where you, somebody's saying something, but it just doesn't quite feel right to you. That's because that person's out of alignment, right? Mm-hmm. They're saying one thing, like they're talking out of both sides of their mouth kind of thing. Like you can feel that. You can, we can't necessarily put words to it, but you feel it, right? So being a good leader means being in alignment. Being a good leader means honoring your body. Being a good leader means honoring your health because that all has a sound and it has a feel to other people that you're leading. Nobody wants to follow somebody. If you're leading, nobody wants to follow somebody that's out of alignment. It just doesn't feel good. So taking care of yourself, taking care of your life, being intentional, like you said, and honoring your health and your dreams I wanna follow that. That is magnet. That has magnetism, right? That's I right. wanna be I'm drawn towards people that are are badass movers and shakers that are are walking the walk. Those are the people that I follow and those are the people that I wanna be like. And that's my intention is is, you know, being in alignment in my own life so that I can lead. And sometimes you may have to shake your life up a little bit, but I'm giving you permission to do that too.
0: I love that so much. You guys, this is why the mission of the Best You Can Be Leadership Podcast is to inspire confidence through leadership and wellness. The two mm-hmm. go hand in hand and Dr. Cook, I, I just cannot thank you enough for spending some time with us today. You guys, everybody who's listening, I think we could all do our part to help her on that road to being a New York Times bestselling <laughs> author. She has a cookbook. Um, it's called Food That Grows a Practical Guide to Healthy Living with Whole Food Recipe. There are a lot of other ways to just get more information. She's got an incredible course on all things that we talked about today nutrition gut health mindset and and I'm going to be linking to all of this so don't worry you'll be able to get your hands on it i I just cannot thank you enough for all of your wise words and 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 kind of I feel like I've got a just a whole checklist of things to make sure that I've gotten order mm-hmm. from from today so thank you so much dr cook
1: thank you so much an honor and yeah just I could talk about this stuff forever so this is a really awesome way to spend my morning thank you
0: no, absolutely. Your your passion is infectious because it's, it's making me smile <laughs> right now. So
1: thank, thank you.
0: Thank you.